Conversations with Leaders is a podcast focused on the intersection of business and technology. In this episode, you'll hear from AWS Chief Information Security Officer, CJ Moses, about what it takes to build a security organization from the ground up. Listen in as Clark Rogers, Director of AWS Enterprise Strategy, interviews CJ about his experience with the FBI and how it helped shape the security program AWS has today. CJ, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So, would would love to hear a little bit more about your background and, and what brought you to AWS. I know you've been with us for quite some time, but you know what what got you interested in AWS and what brought you in the door? It's been just about 15 years of coming up on that. Uh, myself and a few others that are here at, at Amazon, um, we're working at the FBI, um, and we uh, we had a mission that required us to do big data before there was big data. Essentially, it was. Uh, uh, in support of counterterrorism, every piece of digital media the U.S. government got, we got a copy of it. Okay. Um, and we got a copy of it in order to cross-correlate it against everything else we knew in order to figure out uh, and to find that needle in the needle stack that was going to keep bad things from happening to good people. Um, and that mission is the definition of what would keep you up at night, because if you fail to do that, people could truly die. So uh, we spent a long time building lights out, fully virtualized data centers with state-of-the-art everything that we knew or could buy. And looking for the newer technologies and things like that, um, uh, a few people went out and, and talked to different companies, one of which EC2 had just been launched, like literally was like brand new. Elastic Compute Cloud, and that sounded like something that we really would want to have. Or like the idea of using a thousand computers for an hour um, versus one computer for a thousand hours, sure. time to mission, time to keeping bad things from happening to good people, much, much different model. So, um, you know, we, we took the opportunity, Jeff Barr, our, our chief evangelist these days, um, our only evangelist back in those days, right. um, uh, had an open calendar set up, um, and uh, a, a few of our people decided they were going to, you know, get on his schedule when he was coming to D.C. and talk to him about things. Um, and, and we did. Um, and that conversation uh, led to ultimately realizing that because EC2 was brand new, the user ID and password that you used to buy books at the bookstore was the same thing you logged into EC2 with or AWS as a whole at the time, not a security model that the U.S. government was going to sign on for for counterterrorism information. Right, right. That's 15 years ago. But uh, that discussion although it took six months or so for us to kind of come around from being the customer that had the need to being potentially employees that were going to try to fulfill that need. It took us six or eight months, but in the end, uh, you know, in December of 2007, um, through a little prodding from Jeff as well as up to Andy, that the only way we're ever going to get to that position is to have people like yourselves that come on and show us and, and assist, you know, building uh, the enterprise in a way that's going to be, meet those types of needs, which will also make us enterprise ready. So that discussion uh, turned into uh, uh, a trip out here to Seattle where mm -hmm. we interviewed. Uh, we thought we were coming out to discuss and it turned into interviews. Um, <laughs> surprise. And, yeah, surprise. Uh, and they were interviews as we normally have at Amazon. A couple weeks later, uh, three of us started uh, dragged beanbag chairs into a data center in, uh, in Virginia. And we started on our mission of, you know, um, trying to build the infrastructure that we always wanted to have 
not only for U.S. government or otherwise, but just uh, after years of being a computer crime investigator in my career, um, I'd always had to deal with the, uh, the issues of the Internet um, and to now have the opportunity at a company to start from scratch, essentially, and to build an infrastructure, to build an environment um, that you could operate in that would be truly secure from the core. Right was an opportunity we couldn't turn down. We were like, okay, this is what we've always been waiting for. Uh, no more wild, wild west. We're going to turn it into something that we can actually do, you know, or we can actually manage and have security, true security in, uh, not security theater, which right. is a lot of what you see these days out there on the Internet. Um, and we, uh, you know, we didn't come in as a security team, myself and a few others, uh, including our chief security officer at Amazon, Steve Schmidt. We came in and uh, we ultimately created after we, you know, figured out what is it that um, would make enterprises feel more comfortable with us, uh, AWS that is. Sure. Um, and we looked back to our, our previous mission and said, okay, if, if we were in our past shoes, we have that experience, that's why they really kind of want us here. What are the things that we could do to make um, government entities, enterprises as a whole, you know, your most highly regulated enterprises in finance and others, healthcare, uh, feel comfortable being able to operate in the cloud. Natural distrust in the intelligence community is a good thing. Um, you know, it's uh, not trust but verify. It's verify then trust. Right. Um, and so the environment that we had, we had to figure out a way to try to get them to better trust. So we created, you know, logically isolated networks using VLANs and things like that that had the, the theater perspective of being secure, but we knew in in scale, at scale, or, you know, under heavy attack wouldn't 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 work in this environment so uh, that was the beginnings for what we ultimately became the virtual private cloud team right creating uh, the novice overlay network onto you know uh, onto commodity networking equipment that allowed us then to create virtual private cloud uh, to do logical isolation within the cloud provide that capability out for you know uh, all of our customers early days uh, we were bolting stuff together and, you know, it was, you had to, at first we were trying to do it on pre-existing protocols and things like that, just wouldn't work. It was all bolt-ons. So we uh, we took that greenfield opportunity that we were given and said, okay, we're going to start from scratch, which even at Amazon was kind of a lofty goal. What do you mean you're not going to run normal networking protocols? You're going to create <laughs> your own and then you're going to operate, you know, the web fleet for Amazon.com on it at some point. And, uh, you know, one of our leadership principles is think big, and we did. That's pretty um, big. And yep. within a, uh, so that was 2008. By 2009, VPC was launched. By uh, fourth quarter of 2010, the entire Amazon.com web fleet was running on virtual private cloud infrastructure, logically isolated from each and every node, um, which allowed us to scale test, truly, um, how VPC would operate. Learned things in that process, but didn't have any failures that took us off the air, thank God. Uh, Jeff would have been upset, um, but uh, then iterate just like normal, continue to work backwards from the customer. So I know it's a long intro, but no, that's, that's kind of the story. That's, you know, there's more to it, believe it or not. We hope you're enjoying this discussion. To join the conversation and engage with other business leaders on these topics, follow us on LinkedIn at AWS Executive Connection. One thing that, that, stuck out to me on that was that you were not hired as the security team. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm gonna assume you were hired as an engineering infrastructure type team. Yeah. yeah. And that really makes sense today because when we look at the larger AWS 
internal organization. Mm -hmm. You know, you run AWS security, yeah. and then there's multiple engineering and service teams that are out there. And one of the principles that we operate under is mm -hmm. uh, security for the most part is an expertise organization and an mm -hmm. observe and report organization, okay. while the engineering and development teams are the sort of the doers and the patchers. So were you able, because you came in so early, yeah. were you able to sort of set that culture then that engineering owns security and owns the security of their, of their products? So our culture at Amazon as a whole is one of ownership. So that ownership, leadership principle, and the culture actually sets the bar or sets the base for, you know, security teams owning that owning the security of their services. Um, going back to the early days, we were the, a virtual private cloud service team, so we were in that same boat. We didn't have an AWS security, we had an Amazon-wide security engineering organization. Yep. It wasn't even, you know, a security org per se, it was security engineering. So they would help to engineer things if you brought it to them and kind of set some policies and things. Um, but it became very clear when we were getting ready to launch virtual private cloud and then subsequently did, um, that customers would have a lot of questions about how we did security right. and that we would need to be able to articulate that as you would expect customers would want to, especially fullness of time, US government or international governments wanting to ask questions. They have really deep questions. The gotcha was is that the security organization that Amazon had was very focused on the Amazon retail business, the sure. consumer and, and now stores business. Um, that is quite different than having a AWS, which is service-oriented, selling to customers. So we, we kind of needed a, a kind of a change there, and it was clear that um, the mentality um, and the model for Amazon security was one that we didn't talk about security externally hardly at all intentionally. Sure. Um, we did our things and it was very strong, but it wasn't one that we were gonna talk about. In AWS, we needed to have that and um, we needed to be enablers to the business. Coming from running a service team, knowing the things that we needed and what the customer questions were, and then subsequently in 2010-ish, thereabouts, I think AWS security was established. Uh, then establishing the security team because of those needs from customer perspective and service team needs allowed us to build that infrastructure in the culture from scratch. And it was Andy Jassy who decided we need to have our own security team. It mm -hmm. wasn't Steve or I. And quite honestly, when it was first determined, nor Steve nor I were really in the running or had talked about doing it. We were running virtual private cloud, had just got past that growth curve of just starting, getting the startup going and everything moving well. And uh, we helped interview for a potential CISO to sit out here in Seattle with mm -hmm. Andy. We interviewed and really didn't find anybody that kind of fit our company culture as well as knew what we needed to build. Uh, we needed a security team that was an enabler to the business, right. not one that was a land of no. Steve spent a lot of time out here, as did many of us, sure. getting things set up. But in the end, the reason why we have the kind of model that we have today is because we started out as a service team, understood the needs and the friction, because quite honestly, there is friction. Um, but at the same time, we needed to be, as a security team, needed to be an enabler to the business and to make sure that the service team owners understood that the ownership model of success and failure, profit and loss, security was included within that. Taking that kind of forward to, okay, working back from the customer, um, I had a paradigm of technology that I was limited to, the vendors that would, would work with me. Now I have all of what I called at the time, this alien technology within Amazon that allows us to be able to do things that we never thought we could do before. And 
the innovation mindset and culture uh, that we ran into that opened us up. Right. Opened up to think Greenfield and say, okay, if you're able to rebuild the internet and have it within you know, your walled garden to some extent, what would you do? Well, first we get rid of the walled garden because we don't want it to be a walled garden. We want it to be right, right there on the internet. Right. So this gets into the unfabric or the idea of you know, data-centric security, uh, not walled gardens of networks, uh, you know, moving your way towards that. So that started many, many years ago when, when we first joined. And that's where, you know, the technologies that we implemented from VPC kind of forward have allowed us to continue that. And that innovation and the builder, builder culture in security as well as just in everyday life is, uh, I think, one of the things that I look at as enabling Amazon to continue innovating the way that it has for all these years. Normally, you see companies that innovate for a while, and then they get caught up with all of the keeping the lights on work. Yep. Um, you know, that is a challenge for everyone. It's a challenge for us as well. But the innovator, innovative spirit um, and leadership principle slash uh, ownership model allows us to continue to innovate on behalf of customers, working backwards from them. Certainly. So so let's, let's pull that sort of uh, humanity of security for mm -hmm. a little bit, right? So um, every customer I talk to is you know, I can't find qualified security people or I can't afford them or, or, or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I want my security team larger. So the good thing is they realize there's a need for stronger security and, and better security at their organizations. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you look for in security hires? And, you know, just, yeah. just sort of set, set the stage, you know, AWS security, you're, you're responsible not only for sort of traditional security functions, but mm -hmm. there's also compliance functions and regulatory functions, yes. all sorts of different things that fall under that umbrella. Yeah. Um, what, are, what are you looking for for professionals coming into your org? So uh, the number one thing that we look for, and obviously security needs a lot of different types of people doing a lot of different jobs and responsibilities. But when um, a lot of companies are focused on hiring security engineers or people that have security expertise, I think our focus has been not as much hiring or focused only on security engineers. It's focused on builders, okay. people that can find things that we're doing that need to be automated and automating them. Um, and those, those builders can learn security or do naturally. Um, and especially with now we're at a, at a point where we have a lot of security engineers, having the security engineers that we have that our builders mm -hmm. help to mentor and bring forward other builders um, is really important because from the standpoint of if you hire only security engineers that don't have the builder capability, you're going to need to hire many more security engineers because you're going to manually scale. Right. Um, if you hire um, builders, aka software development engineers or security engineers that, that can code to some extent, right. in those cases, not only code, but other ways of mechanizing things, is then you don't need to hire as many going forward because they're going to take the opportunity when they see things that are repetitive, that are boring to them. Engineers don't like to redo the same thing many right. times. They're going to create the scripts. They're going to create the tooling. They're going to create the services um, that will make a path of least resistance again, make security right. easier for them, and you won't need to hire 10 people to go through logs because they've created a logging infrastructure that is able to be reviewed quickly and at scale and pull out the right pieces of information and then have one human look over the logs for the things that the system has told them is important based upon their own parameters that they put into it versus the 10 people that would have to just fumble through logs trying to find by luck uh, the things using grep. 
uh, that's not the way to, to scale. So the number one thing is hire builders that can help you automate mm -hmm. uh, within, within that space, uh, build on the expertise that you have doing things like that. Um, I think we also, uh, you know, the opportunity exists nowadays, uh, looking at the different, uh, you know, looking at the adversaries that we face. Mm -hmm. um, the adversaries we face are very diverse and they're diverse on so many different levels. Um, everything from where they come from, cultures, backgrounds, or otherwise, um, technologically, um, we're, we're, you know, in AWS, we're defending against everything from script kitties from around the world all the way to nation state actors that are, are the, the, the actual uh, spies. Um, and uh, that is where, you know, when you're hiring, in our case, we want to create a, an environment of inclusion. And what I mean by inclusion is having that team, uh, esprit de corps, if you will, coming from my military days, um, where the team is all focused on one goal, and in this case, defending mm -hmm. um, and securing AWS and our customers. But then uh, take that even a step further. Once you have that kind of team environment, make sure that team environment is open to all builders, to all of our security people, to, mm -hmm. you know, you can go down the whole, the whole list of um, and it's not just a security engineer focused culture, or it's not just a, this type of person focus. Um, it's open and inclusive of everyone. And by doing that, guess what you've just done? You've opened up the aperture for those that you can hire yeah. or that you should hire right. because your adversaries are very diverse and that normally begets a little bit of a d diverse thinking um, and thought process. If you are defending against those other people to begin with, you should have people that represent and think that way yep. in order to create that. I think we get lost a lot of times um, in the security space and a lot of spaces in the technology world thinking that computers are attacking the computers. Right. It's not the case. The computers aren't. The computers are the new tool using humans to attack other humans. How are they attacking them? They're attacking them through the computers to get their money. Sure. Theft has been here since there's been money or anything someone else wanted that you had. Um, so those are the types of, of things that we have to think of in that you know, bringing uh, that diversity of thought into play, hiring from a broader swath of people to begin with, allows you to have that uh, diversity of thinking that allows us to be better at protecting our customers' data um, and, you know, ultimately creates a better inclusive environment for us all to work in. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's well known. Uh, you're a veteran. I'm a veteran. Mm -hmm. uh, we've both done uh, very well here at, at yeah. AWS, uh, sort of taking that sort of military background and, and bringing it to the uh, AWS security apparatus, for, yeah, yeah. for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you see veterans contributing to, to not only the AWS security team, but the, the larger AWS uh, footprint? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, years ago, you know, Amazon-wide, they committed to hiring 25,000 veterans within a certain period of time. That turned into 25,000 a year, and without even having that specific goal, it's more than that these days. Um, you know, I have been very fortunate with military background to Forrest Gump my way into various roles <laughs> over these days. That's my career plan. Follow right. Forrest Gump. He seemed to work it out. Right. Um, and um, one of the things the military does is teaches people um, how to think under in, you know, adverse situations. And in security, that's a lot of what you need. You need people to remain calm, um, to uh, not be worrying about those things they can't control, but being preparing for those things they can. And that's what the military teaches, teaches you. Um, you know, going back to my past life, the FBI prior to that, Air Force OSI, mm -hmm. um, I told you that, uh, you know, 
the, the things that really kept me up at night was the fact that people were going to die on my watch. Yeah. Um, that normally, sense of, that yeah, sense that mission. sense of mission. Yeah. Normally, that may not be the case today, but it, that also sets me up to be able to deal with the things we do have, sure. as well as uh, those that are on the on the AWS security team or in AWS as a whole or Amazon as a whole. Um, in hiring from an environment where we already know that that training and that mindset is already there allows those people to fit into our culture, mm -hmm. which happens to align very well with a lot of military cultures. Right. I know in AWS security, it seems to be the, the continuing thing, and it's not because I'm forcing that. Um, right. It's, you know, the people that have that experience fit in very well. And I don't mean fit in from a, you know, yes boss type of mentality. It's quite, quite the opposite. It's having um, the experience and the cool under pressure uh, capability uh, to be able to, you know, move the ball forward and protect our customers and not get frazzled because right. there is a zero day, like a log4j type of uh, type of issue, um, maintaining calm under pressure and getting it done. Uh, so uh, we, we continue to recruit from military space. We work mm -hmm. with the, uh, the Amazon Warriors program. Mm -hmm. Um, even in, you know, I'm an amateur race car driver. My race team, we actually work with Operation Motorsports, which wow. is a, uh, a nonprofit that's designed to take um, medically retiring uh, veterans um, uh, from the military and help them transition by making them part of the race team. Oh, wow. So from a mentality perspective, they go from one team to another, helps them transition. Um, you know, it's uh, been really uh, good for me mm -hmm. from the standpoint of, uh, being able to kind of get back um, and uh, make sure people can transition. I had a weird transition, you know, from Air Force to FBI to, to Amazon, whereas in some cases people retire from the military and mm -hmm. they're like, what's next? Where's my team? Yep. And if you don't have that team, you kind of have a loss of self-worth and uh, adding people to the race team and also making them integral parts to championships and things like that, like we've done, uh, helps to uh, to build that personal confidence back in themselves. And every year as we have new people come through, new veterans, um, it's uh, more, I, I, I feel personally that I'm, I get more benefit out of it than they do, but uh, they're awesome. very thankful and moving on to, to, to be able to do things. Awesome. Well, CJ, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate your insights. No, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conversations with Leaders, brought to you by AWS Executive Insights. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us spread the word and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Visit aws.amazon.com slash executive insights for more on these topics.